0: Hi, Tiffany Strick with the REST Co-op. Welcome to Pausing Forward, our podcast devoted to all things sabbatical. If you've ever dreamt of taking a year to travel abroad, spending more time with your family, pursuing a passion project, maybe even pivoting in your career to find more purpose and or meaning, you're not alone, my friends. Join our community of dreamers, adventurers, and doers. have used a sabbatical as a launching point to create their best life. Welcome. Hey, gang, you have Tiffany Strick here, host of Pausing Forward and founder of the REST Co-op. Today, I'm really excited to have a special guest on us who I think is going to share with us what so many of us are wishing could be a current possibility. Um, Kendra was able, before the pandemic, to take her family on the most epic international travel ever. I'm so delighted to have her on the show today. Kendra, welcome. Thank you, happy to be here. (laughs) Great, well, let's just dive right in. Um, I always ask all of my guests just, you know, first off, just give us like uh, the quick highlight reel of your career and where you were and we'll go from there.
1: I'm so sorry, can you repeat that? My headphones a lot while we're talking. (laughs)
0: Yeah, no worries. Okay, I always like to just start with my guests to just ask them quickly to give us a highlight reel of their career uh, and give us a sense of where you were professionally when you made the decision to take a break. Sure, great. Happy to share that. So
1: um, my entire career has been in the research and investing space, um, both in the public markets as well as the private markets. Uh, Where I was at my career was in between um, working at a startup, uh, doing corporate development, and before I started in my current role, which is in venture capital.
0: All right. Well, what prompted the um, desire? Was it something that you had always wanted to do or um, something that was in response to something going on in your life?
1: Probably both, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up with a dad who traveled internationally a lot for work and would bring home all kinds of stories from different international places. And so always was fascinated by lots of different markets that I would hear about. And then um, when I worked at Nielsen, uh, there was a lot of you know discussion about Africa and Southeast Asia and a lot of developing markets. So that was really interesting from a business perspective. And then um, when I left my uh, job at retail, next I had took a, I took a trip with my husband, um, and we went to Morocco, which was amazing, and uh, just really got the bug and had sort of a window in front of us and said, "What what could we do with this window?" Um, the reason for the the rest, the reset, um, the sabbatical was because I was very fried from work. I had two kids in middle school, and I had been commuting an hour and a half each way um, to get to a startup that I was working at and um, just needed a reset of, you know, okay, what next? Where am I going? Um, Take a breath, reconnect with my family. And um, it seemed like a really great way to kind of broaden our, our um, our collective perspective and also get a really nice, much needed break.
0: Was your whole family on board with the idea or did it take some convincing? Oh,
1: no, my husband absolutely was not on board. He thought I was crazy, um, seemed very irresponsible, which, you know, maybe, maybe it was, but I Mm -hmm. honestly was probably the best thing we've ever done. So I don't, you know, there's so many reasons to not do it, frankly. And Mm -hmm. um, you have to really like dig deep for the reasons to do it. But I'm a pretty persistent person and kept advocating for it. And uh interestingly, one of my children was um, very on board. One of my children was absolutely not on board. Fast forward to the end of the trip, and it was exactly the opposite. My husband didn't want to come back. The child that didn't want to um, go on the trip didn't want to come back. And, and myself and my other child were, were ready. And so I think it, it sort of speaks to this um, you know, desire for change, readiness for change. And um, so, you know, just even the very beginning of the process, you learn a lot about each other.
0: Yeah. You know, I think it's fascinating what you said that, um, you know, you can find so many reasons not to go. Um, I think that's really so true for anyone who's considering taking a sabbatical. Um, you know, everything we've been told about our career, our retirements, our financial planning, everything, a sabbatical can seem to really, um, cut directly or be contrary to all of those things. Um, I know that you said that you found a lot of deep reasons. Anything that you can share that you think is just words of wisdom for people who are saying like, I've got this pro con list and my heart wants this one thing, Mm. but my head keeps saying something else.
1: Sure. Oh, gosh, yes, I could talk for hours about that. So I think most importantly, (laughs) let's start with economics, right? Because um, it just seems like it's really daunting financially. And the reality is, Um, You know, you can rent out your home very easily. There's many platforms for which you can do that. And the proceeds from renting out your home, you know, can either subsidize or pay for, for, you know, the trip itself. So I'll give you an example. We were in Sri Lanka for a month. And for everything, for the entire month, it was the cost of, you know, what we would rent our house, actually less than what we would rent our house out for. So, and we don't have a huge house. So it's not, you know, so you can find ways to make it work. And we went to a lot of developing countries where the cost of living is much, much lower. And we were really committed to um, experiencing the local culture so we didn't stay in fancy hotels we stayed in local airbnbs we stayed you know in a very very humble environments <clears throat> that were clean and safe but yet yeah, really gave us a flavor of where we were going so economically it is accessible um, if you kind of get creative um, in terms of like deep-seated reasons I mean we live in a um, upper middle class neighborhood in California and there's definitely a bubble here and we really wanted our kids to have the perspective of what the bigger picture is out there, and we um, have come from different backgrounds and have different experiences. But it wasn't even just for our kids; it was for my husband and I as well, as we were thinking about next phases of our careers and what do we want to bring forward. With you know, with that is you know, we just we just needed some perspective and and just kind of like, what's the end goal here? What are we ultimately all doing here? And I think we were at a point in our careers where we thought that having a little bit more um, purpose in kind of what we're doing and and, and the why behind it was really helpful. So those are two big things. Um, I think the other thing was my kids were in middle school. um, It was a fine education they were getting, but we felt like their education of being out in the world was as rich, if not richer than what they could have been doing in the classroom. And we knew once they hit high school and went off into college, it was just a tiny window that we had where we could actually really, you know, draw closer as a family and experience things together. They were at this perfect age where they were ready and able to travel. It was relatively easy. They, they've always traveled. You know, we've always done things as a family, but they were just ready to really embrace the unknown. And, and, um, and so it was just a perfect time, I, we felt like, you know, in terms of where our kids were.
0: Good. Great. I love the three of those. Um, They resonate all with me so much. Um, Well, why don't you go ahead and just introduce us, at least on a high level, to what it is that the four of you guys embarked on, and then we can kind of dive into specific aspects. Sure. Um,
1: Well, when we got back from Morocco, I was um, at a lunch meeting with somebody and, and told them about what a great time we had and they had said, oh, my cousin just took her family. So that was, it was certainly not my idea um, on my own. And I thought, well, that's that's really interesting. And so met up with her and, um, you know, took a little bit of feedback and advice on what she did, but also put our own flavor on it. Um, we did not want to have a lot of structure. The beauty of, you know, the internet and technology is that you can make a decision, you know, the day before you want to leave somewhere. and so. What we did is we started mapping out what was interesting. Where did we want to go? You know, where would we go if we had just, you know, this, this window of time that you don't normally have the flexibility to get to places in a two-week or one-week window, which is typically our vacation windows. Um, and we looked at, we, we put them all down into a spreadsheet. We talked about them in the family. We sort of geographically prioritized them. And we just started mapping out, okay, we'll do a week here. We'll do two weeks there. So we, we actually hit 14 countries uh, in a six-month period, which was a lot. We were constantly moving, and that's inclusive of the month in Sri Lanka, so, you know, we were, some places, we were only there for five days, um, but it was, uh, we we just felt like we wanted to see countries before they change, so instead of going to places that were on many people's hit lists, we, we included places like Myanmar and um, Bhutan and Nepal, which <clears throat> had already seen some change, but we're still, you know, had some of the, the um, original sort of culture still very much embedded in a word as trafficked by-, by tourists and Americans and whatnot. So, so that was how we started. And then we just created a packing list and picked a date and um, just kind of worked towards that.
0: And so you had to uh, presumably pull the kids out of school. How did that work for you?
1: Uh, it was very easy. Um, surprisingly so. Um, hold on with it. Let me put my dog outside. Okay, sorry. Um, so yeah, you know, the, the school part was actually much easier than we anticipated and the district was very supportive we had to unenroll them but they the teachers were were really excited about what we were doing and um, allowed the kids to follow along with uh, the curriculum online if they wanted to the only thing we really prioritized was math because we felt like that was very cumulative um, but we kind of create our own curriculum as we went I can tell you more about that if that's interesting um but yeah I mean the the school was great um surprisingly so I think the biggest hurdle was uh the confidence that you know that my son being in eighth grade right before we came back up, very anxious about you know oh my gosh I'm not going to be able to do Spanish and I can't you know I I, like haven't been doing it enough and I'm going to flunk out of um high school and this is going to be terrible and he was getting a lot of pressure from his his friends as well and he would They didn't have their phones much, but when we would stop off in like hubs and do laundry and, and just kind of have a hot shower and sit in, you know, the one or two nights that we did stay in a hotel, he would get Wi-Fi. and, you know, his friends were questioning him. How are you going to do this? It's is great. How, like, you're not gonna be able to transition to high school. And so I think he started getting some anxiety around that, but it was a great opportunity to be able to say like, okay, so you repeat the Spanish that you would have been in eighth grade. It's just not that big a deal. Like, it's just, you know, so like you just start to realize these." This ladder that we're constantly chasing, this like achievement ladder, is like it's okay to take a pause. And so it was even great for him to be able to realize that. But really, the school system was fine. It was more of our own comfort with, you know, do we feel like the kids were getting enough education wise?
0: Mm -hmm. Well, what were your highlights on your trip? Mm -hmm. So I mentioned Sri Lanka.
1: Well, I should start from the beginning. So. We started with Japan because we wanted to go someplace that was um, different enough, but yet still felt very safe and very clean and um, it was a great start so we, you know, hit Tokyo as well as Hokkaido and um, Kyoto and I mean every place we went to Japan was amazing. My husband wanted to spend you know another month there but I was very much still in my like type A personality mode of like oh we got to get going we've got a whole list of countries we have to hit so um, (laughs) we skedaddled out of there fairly quickly Um, but uh, I guess we were there for about two and a half weeks it wasn't that quick but um, so that was was really a great place to start. other highlights were, um, I, I loved um, Thailand and Bangkok. It was just such a fun, it's such a beautiful city in terms of its mix of like advancement and innovation, but also culture and traditions. And it was just this juxtaposition that we, we, really, um, we really enjoyed seeing and witnessing. Um, Bhutan was a beautiful country. Uh, that was an interesting kind of window into how they do things. Um, I loved the trek that we did in Nepal. It was like a really special um, three weeks. We actually spent in Nepal and we trekked uh, with our kids and just through the Himalayas. It was amazing, beautiful, very, very rugged, very rustic, um, but, but just a great education. And, you know, when we learned that the money that we were paying for our trek, which was not a lot, was providing for three separate families for an entire year. It was really eye-opening um let's see where else for some highlights sri lanka amazing i mentioned it uh, before we spent a month there we were only going to spend two weeks and we just were so in love with the culture and the environment it was beautiful so we ended up staying there for a lot longer than we expected which we were able to do um, because we hadn't had a, you know, just a, a schedule that we had put in place ahead of time, which was great. And then probably my favorite country in Africa was Namibia. It was just this really rich and beautiful country. We we, sit, we had a couple of others like Tanzania and South Africa, which were also amazing, but we just felt Namibia was truly untouched and had such variety from coastal to the sand dunes to the safaris and the animals were phenomenal. So, and we were able to do a self-drive there, which was cool. So we had our own car, we drove around, we didn't you know, hire a tour guide or anything, which gave us just a lot of autonomy and, and a feeling of like real confidence and building our skills and being able to navigate, you know, a completely foreign country.
0: So what was it about, um, I wanna dig in a little bit on Sri Lanka, cause you guys, you, did you choose to stay there for a whole month? So
1: originally we were just going to spend two weeks um, you know, we knew it was going to be a great surfing capital. My, my family all surfs, and so we wanted to hit that. Um, I, I actually had had to come back home because I had a, a family emergency, so I missed part of it by the time I got there. They were all very relaxing and, and engaged in the environment, and I loved it as well. And I think by that point, I had let go of this need of, like, having to hit every single country on our list and just wanted to really embrace the spirit of what we were doing this trip for. And so we were staying in this wonderful um, family run. uh, uh, It's like a little compound. It wasn't even a hotel really. And it just, it was great. The woman that ran it was amazing. And we just had built some great connections with the people that, that were there. Her father took us on some safaris around, um, you know, the, the um, reserves there, which was amazing. Um, Just like, I don't know, just spending time, spending that much time there allowed us to really integrate into the culture and it remains my entire family's favorite, favorite part of the trip.
0: I love that. I love that you just found someplace, um, not completely randomly, but somewhat. (laughs) Oh, totally. It wasn't even. Yeah
1: been on our benefit. I mean, I never did the backpacking thing that a lot of people have done where you're just, you know, you go on a whim wherever you hear about something, but we were able to do that. And people would say, oh, you really should go here. This is amazing. And so Mm -hmm. um, my husband did a ton of research, but we also serendipitously, you know, would stumble upon amazing things like Sri Lanka. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: I I can only imagine that um, there were some pretty profound, special Family times and also maybe uh, a few challenges. Uh, Do you share? Do you care to share either of any of those? If if
1: you sure. No, that's actually like one of the things I always talk about. You know that we would tell our friends that we were doing this, and we got one of two responses. One of which, um, which is, you know, what I expected and was like, oh, this is so amazing. This is, you know, we, I felt so fortunate we were able to do this. It was, and I am like complete optimist by nature. Um, Everything's going to be great. Everything's going to work out. And then I had a handful of friends that were like, oh, that's going to be rough. We could never do that. That would be so hard. And I thought they were crazy. Mm -hmm. I thought, well, that's, you know, oh, how, how, how sad that you would feel that way. They were so right. It was so hard. There was no... (laughs) running off to yoga or running off to, you know, be by yourself or hopping in the car to go see a friend. It was the four of us. And we were a team the entire six months and there were ups and downs and hard things and lots of tears, you know, and, and not saying that it wasn't amazing. It was absolutely amazing, completely life-changing. And it was hard and, and like hard just because it's, you, you couldn't run away from things and you just realize how many distractions we have in our world. and like I said, the kids didn't have, you know, phones or access to Wi Fi or talking to their friends. So it was really, truly the four of us, my children are truly best friends. Now, um, they became so close, I think they really had to bond together to, you know, survive my, my husband and I. And um, it brought my husband and I a lot closer. And we just have so many shared experiences. So this the richness of that was was such a gift to us all. But that was, I mean, and I, I'm saying it was so hard. It wasn't so hard all the time, but when it was hard, it was like, oh, this is supposed to be fun. Why is it hard? And it was hard because we're just human beings and we didn't have escape routes. And so we had to sit with our, sit with our difficult emotions or feelings towards each other and talk them out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember my husband and I, uh, when we were in our early twenties, we went on a three month much just camping trip and I remember a lot of people saying we were not married at the time saying oh if you guys survive this I bet you'll be together forever <laughs> <And> <laughs> it was true because you know spending three months in a tent with someone will definitely <laughs> get you uh and I'm sure that it was very similar in that way where you're just sort of always kind of on top of each other um and you know you have the physical exhaustion the uncertainty of mm-hmm. things uh the competing for what folks want to do i can only imagine that when the world is oyster right how do you actually uh choose where you go and what you do next yes and some of us are extreme planners and some of us
1: are very loose and so just navigating that was fun too yeah
0: yeah um well, now that you've had time to reflect on it, I mean, I've, I've heard you say that it was life-changing and one of the best decisions. Um, you know, how so? What do you, how did it, you know, how do you think it has changed the lives of your children? Um, you mentioned that they're best friends. Any other areas where you see directly how it's impacted them? Uh, they have definitely
1: they have a much broader appreciation. I mean, there's like the obvious cliche of like they have perspective and you know, now they appreciate what they have. But I think it goes deeper than that. I think that they, um, they have a little bit more knowledge of the why behind their education. So, you know, the bigger picture of what we're trying to accomplish here. My son's now in college and he's very interested in doing something nationally for sustainability because one of the things when we saw, we saw when we were in Myanmar, we were on a boat trip was all the trash that would wash up on the, on the, um, on the, the, you know, the, the shores at these little villages, these little fishing villages. And we talked to the captain who was also, he was um, from Myanmar and he said, that, you know, we were like, why don't they clean up? You know, like they do, every tidal swing brings it back. And it was like, as we looked around, it was all U.S. brands, you know, global brands of like packaged foods. And it made us realize that, you know, the developing world, the developed world has contributed so greatly to the, you know, the sustainability issues and the challenges with um, pollution in the developing world. And so because of that, now my son is very motivated to want to actually have impact and change, you know, change the world in that regard. You know, he still wants to go into business, wants to go into finance, understands that, like, in order to really have that impact, he thinks he's got to go that route, but he wants to make sure that it's, you know, with a purpose beyond just making money and it's, and that's actually going to help people. So there's that element. Even when they came back in, you know, middle school and high school, they had a different perspective on the education. They, they were able to place things that they were learning in the context of a bigger picture. And so I just think, open Opening their eyes to you know more than this myopic focus of you know their little world where they live um, in a suburb in California was huge. Um, I think for my husband it changed you know how he thought about um, what he wanted to do with his job and how he wanted to really be spending time and the value of family time, which was amazing. And for me, I um, you know all of the things I mentioned were huge, but I I had like this real connection with. A lot of the mothers, as you know, we had an incident in the airport where my son was having a moment, and I also had a moment where I kind of read him the riot act up one side down the other, and I look over and there's a woman, you know, we were in um, in Nepal, and she's, you know, she's got her Sorry, on and she, you know, we're completely from separate cultures, and she's watching me and she's giving me that knowing look, like I got you, mom. I I've been there, I, and it was just so awesome because I was completely losing it in in a very embarrassing way, um, <laughs> and to get this like you know very kind and compassionate, like I see you, yep, I I got you, lady. Um, was really cool and it just you know just the whole experience just reminds us that we we we're so much more similar than we are different we all just want to like provide for our families put food on the table give them great experiences and education and make them safe and so just you know that was repeated again and again and again every market every country we went to every you know culture that we were able to engage with so i think we all felt that just the commonality of the human connection which was very cool
0: Were there any places where you were going where you felt like you had maybe taken a wrong turn um, and either were in an area where you didn't feel safe or, or pursuing something that you, you know, wanted to sort of take a few steps back? Did anything like that ever happen? Um,
1: the thing that stands out to me was, I mean, we were, we were very careful, you know, we didn't wear any jewelry. We didn't have anything flashy. We were super low key. We had very small bags. So, so we were very, we tried to be as unobtrusive as possible. I mean, literally every person in our family had one small 60 liter bag and that was it for the whole six months. Um, but, uh, we la- when we landed in Namibia, and perhaps this is part of why um, I have such an affection for the country, we were greeted by a tour guide, and he said, you guys are going to get robbed. You're going to get held up. You are clearly you know, going to be a target of, of you know, someone taking advantage of you. you know, you're, you're white. You're um, clearly affluent, no matter how much you try to, to hide that. Um, unemployment is 30% here. There's a ton of poverty and tons of crime. And I had, you know, I had a, a sixth grader and an eighth grader sitting next to me and looking at me with this utmost fear. I mean, he said, you might get held up at, at knife point and that's okay. And here's how. And so we entered like a little, you know, with some trepidation and a little concern, like, what, well, what did we do? Are we being responsible? And frankly, he he did such a disservice to his country because it was absolutely not what we found. I mean, we would go into these cities and you would park the car and you had kids that would come out in like orange vests and saying, well, here's, here's the parking, They all watch your car. And you could take that as, oh, they're like taking advantage of the system, or you could take it as they're being entrepreneurial and, you know, they're trying to take advantage of people that are here and do something good and get rewarded for that. And so, I don't know, it just flipped our lens so much because he he put the, this like fear in us. And then as we were experiencing it and engaging with the people, we ended up having so much more compassion for them because we thought it was really unfortunate that he was portraying his countrymen in such a way because it, it really wasn't our experience. We felt very safe um, and the people were nothing but but kind. And anytime, you know, someone felt that we were in the wrong place they would say hey you might want to hop in a taxi or but we really didn't have any issues at all we were very fortunate.
0: Wonderful I'm so glad to hear that. Um, Tell us a little bit about how you decided to re-enter. Did you get back and immediately start with a job? Did you have something lined up or did you need to sort of start from scratch? Great question. So uh, while I was traveling
1: in one of my few kind of connections back to the internet, I got a message actually from one of the founders of Touchdown, my current company, who said, you know, hey, we've known you for a while, we've got this interesting client, would you come work with us? So that was kind of fun to have, you know, on the radar. And I said, great, I'll talk to you when I get back in August. And, you know, to their credit, they were, they were, you know, ready to talk to me when I got back, you know, three months ago, it didn't have to be this urgency that I had to get back, which was really awesome. Um, And so when we came back uh, in August, we sort of spent some time, you know, getting the kids back into school and gave ourselves to the end of the year to kind of figure out what we wanted to do. And I did talk to touchdown and they were, you know, ready and interested in, in hiring me, but I had some other things that I still felt like I wanted to do. So, rather than jump back into the the rat race, quote unquote, I wanted to do some consulting and uh, work on a couple of projects. So I, I advised a few startups that um, I knew, and I was um, helping the the CEOs of a couple of companies, but very much on my own time, having you know focused on um, getting to explore things that I was really interested. In. I, I really wanted my next move to be a long-term move and be something that I could, um, amplify what I was passionate about and, um, not get too stuck in, you know, something that I thought might be good, but I wasn't quite sure. So I took my time and coming back, um, and the consulting was able to sustain me, you know, for the period of time. My husband did the same. He, um, you know, did a couple of, uh, you know, different projects and, um, was doing some Investing, and so we uh, we took our time. Frankly, I mean, was, the reentry was a little bit hard. If I'm being honest, because it was just so hard to go from this constant change, this richness of experience, to you know more of a day to day. And also, the four of us found that we were constantly reliving and talking about our experiences and wanting to to you know talk about them with each other. And so um, it just was hard to relate to. I think you know people. I mean, frankly, probably got sick of hearing about it, um, and so, uh, but but it enabled me to really take my time in 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 decisions and kind of what to move into next. And I think every other break that I had had in my career, and I've had several, this I always had this anxiety behind me of like, well, what should I do? What should I do? And would jump into the first thing that came my way. So this time, I really took my took my time, and um, I'm happy I did.
0: Yeah, I love that. You know, um, I'm clearly we're all very aware of the Great Resignation that's going on right now, mm-hmm. and um, I hate that um, phrase. Um, I've heard people give it different names, but one that actually resonates with me is the Great Reimagination. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd love to ask you a little bit about that. But I've talked to so many people in the course of. Um, the Rust co-op and talking to folks who have taken sabbaticals that actually are just looking for more flexibility and or sort of pivoting from you know living to work for working to live Um, you had an opportunity to sort of build your own flexible schedule and then ultimately still did decide to go back to what was a job that was similar to what you had before you had a break Um, Talk a little bit about, if you don't mind, um, you know, what that looked like for you in terms of how did each meet your need and um, how are they sort of different and or um, better? Because I, again, I know so many people right now who are actually like pondering the idea of, am I a freelance consultant now or am I simply taking a break? Is this a sabbatical or is this me building a different um, forward-looking career that looks different than what it did uh, looking past? Hmm. Interesting question. So I think
1: the um the, the time I took to sort of re-enter was very much an exploration for me i was really strict with myself about not trying to do any work or any really even thinking about it while i was gone i just Mm -hmm. focused on the experience of being with my family and that was just such a luxury because every other break i had taken i was always thinking oh what's next what's next and it was that was what fueled me and I, i didn't have that at all And so when I got back, I was less focused on the what's next and more focused on the what's next for me, um, which is, I think, an important distinction because what's next is so often defined by what society is telling you what's next and what's important and, you know, whatever you should or shouldn't do or have. And I had to really, you know, I had the opportunity to have spent time with myself and my family to think about what would matter to me. And so then to, put, to bring that back into the context of what I wanted at work um, was really powerful and really beneficial. For me, um, I do better when I'm working with people. I, I love people, I love engaging with people and I'm fascinated by the power of people. I think everybody has like a gift to give. And when I was an independent contractor, I missed that inter- interaction. I missed that energy. And I would tend to go into, you know, my own little hole. And I, I just didn't have that energy coming in, which I really, um, am fueled by. So that was missing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was deciding to go back to, you know, when I was deciding where to go I was very deliberate with the questions I asked, and I didn't shy away from hard questions. And I think in the past, I was just so eager and excited to get a great opportunity that I didn't ask tough questions. So, for example, with the firm I'm with today, I sat down, I flew to each of the different locations where the different founders were on my own dime and met with them and asked them, you know, what is your objective with this company? And how do you think about, you know, these things that are important to me? And tell me about your experiences. Tell me about, you know, your family, because I, I just felt like, if, especially because we were a small firm, we were 18 people at that point, we're 55 now. It was really important to me to understand who these people were because we spend so much time with the people that we work with. So um, that's not always an option. I know when you're, you know, at junior, more junior levels, but I think being very deliberate about the people you work with makes such a difference um, in the outcome. Um, And then, I mean, this is going to sound super corny, but I had said to a friend of mine, you know, when I got back and we were kind of talking about what I was going to do, that I wanted to change the world. I was like, I have, I want to do something that actually has impact, like really changes the world. And I had done a nonprofit at some point in my career, didn't love it because I didn't sit in a seat of power and influence. I felt that the biggest way to have impact was to sit in a power, a seat of power and influence and use that for good. Um, Done plenty of roles and just, you know, purely financial engineering and getting people, you know, moving dollars from here to there and making rich people richer. And so that didn't really, um, you know, appeal to me at that point in my career. But um, I love startups and venture capital and innovation. I mean, these founders that build companies are amazing. And so to find a job where you can, um, you know, sit in a quote unquote seat of power in partnership with corporations that are you know, trying to do things differently and then partnering those with innovative companies and, and really having impact, that's to me how I, I saw an opportunity to really, you know, change the world because you're changing not just in industries, but you're also changing people's lives. You're changing startups lives because you're giving them some partners and resources from big corporations. You're also changing corporations because you're helping them change from the inside out by changing their culture. And that affects the people in those organizations which are employing thousands and thousands of people. So that's what got me really excited about the role but I took my time to find that kind of role I mean it it really it was important to me to find something like that I don't know if that really answers your question
0: no um, it answers it beautifully Kendra I um I have a lot to think about as I reflect on (laughs) (laughs) um yeah yeah I, I love that quite a bit do you think that you were so intentional before you um With your time away uh, in sort of what was next or were you just in that sort of let me chase that next rung in the ladder so to speak well
1: I was I've been somewhat intentional but I haven't been as thoughtful if it makes sense Mm, mm -hmm. Um, I would get an idea in my head and I would just move towards it and then you know And I, when I had my kids, I did take a couple of years off and spent time with them. I was fortunate to be able to do that. And then when my husband wanted to shut down his business, I went back to work full time. And so I was fortunate to be able to, to do that in a way that I had a lot of support. You you mentioned the great resignation and without the support at home to do your job really well, I don't care what gender you are or what your family makeup is, like support is just so critical. Um and so uh, the jobs that I took and the decisions I made oftentimes were driven by, okay, I'm ready, I'm just gonna go for it. And I would just jump in and it's something I'm very optimistic, very glass half full, and I would not take, con- take into consideration the downside of things because every job has its shadow side. And mm-hmm. so this, uh, I think, you may call it age, call it the experience of the trip. I don't know, you know, but I, I was just I felt like at this point in my career, I you know, maybe wouldn't have like multiple more hits at bat. And I wanted to just make sure this was one that I felt really good about. And so um, I was just a lot more thoughtful. I was still intentional, but, but more thoughtful, I think about both sides of it, the downsides and the opportunities.
0: Yeah, do you think, um, you know, since you, you did this a few years ago and it clearly you are having a thriving and successful career since you've taken your break, Um, do you think that we're at a critical crossroads, um, right now with so many people having left where, um, that there will be no longer the taboo around, uh, taking breaks? Have you, you know, felt anything on the pulse on that topic?
1: Um... I think, I mean, one thing that's changed a lot is, um, you know, from like when I was growing up, you, your parents had a job for 20 or 30 years, and that's what they did. It was very rare to jump around. And even early in my career, you would do something for seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years. Um, now, people are changing jobs every two, three, four years, which um, I think is great, uh, frankly, early in your career, because you get to experiment and do a lot of things. I think at some point, it's nice to be able to settle into something and really go deep. Um, but I think as part of that, being able to change and try different things, spaces, I'm um, w- always makes me um, cringe a little bit when someone says, oh, I'm going to take a new job. I'm like, awesome, are you taking your time off? It's like I get like three days off. I'm like, oh, really? I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean and the, like if they, if they want you badly enough, they'll give you a break. They'll give you a month or whatever. It's just, it's so important to be able to take care of yourself. I do think that there is, um, I don't think there's the stigma that there used to be. I'm sure that people would not consider me for some jobs, you know, because I took a break, but frankly, I don't wanna work at that company anyway.
0: Right, right. Well, good. Well, do you ever have people besides, uh, besides me who reach out to you and want to get information and have, uh, seek your wisdom and advice on this topic?
1: I have had um, friends of friends that have, you know, reached out and said, how did you do it? And so I would just share my spreadsheet and how I kind of like mapped it out, um, spread, shared my my packing list because it was a very deliberate packing list since we didn't take much. Um, and oh, by the way, you can, you know, discard of something you get sick of or donate it and buy something new. There's, there's all kinds of opportunities to do that. So it's not like you're stuck with whatever you take. Um, and then we had a, um, a blog that we started at the beginning of the trip called curiositychronicles.net, I think. And uh, by the time we reached Sri Lanka, we stopped writing in it because we just felt like we wanted to be so in the moment. And we also just felt like we wanted to protect like what we were doing and, and just, you know, not give away these amazing secrets. But I have been asked by friends and people to, to finish it because, you know, people love to, to hear about it. And it's, it's great fodder for thinking about other trips, people say, of like where they want to go. That's maybe a little bit more off the beaten path.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, before I let you go, um, you've probably been a little bit stuck like the rest of us um, and someone who took such an epic trip must surely still love to travel a bit. Do you have any um, destinations in mind for your next next trips mm, oh let's see uh
1: we talk about it all the time um because my son's now in college so it's like what's our opportunity to do this Christmas um we I mean I think honestly one of the things in coming back is we just had a real appreciation of being home ironically mm-hmm. um we you know just we appreciate you know our four walls and our, com- our creature comforts and things like that um invariably our trips end up involving some sort of surf so maybe panama or something like that south america central america um so we haven't really decided but those are on our radar i i'm still dying to go back to morocco and take my children i think they would love it and it's just the most amazing beautiful rich uh country that i've probably have ever been to in addition to Namibia and sri lanka which were amazing but since they've never been to morocco i think that would be it's a highlight for
0: sure. Mm. Yeah, I actually had another guest on this podcast too. Um, we weren't talking about travel; we were talking about career pivots. But she had been to Morocco multiple times, so I ended up having to go deep on that because Morocco is on my list as well. So I'm glad mm. to hear from another person. I recommend. Yeah, highly yeah. recommend it. Okay, good. Well, Kendra, thank you so much for sharing your story. I know so many folks right now are just waiting for the borders of the Asian world to open up um, and invite travelers again. So um, it's nice to live a little bit of it through you and hear about such a phenomenal time that you had with your family. Um, Any other last minute thoughts for anyone who might be considering doing something like this?
1: I I mean, I, I cannot say strongly enough, just do it. It's, it's, there's so many reasons to come up with, to not do it, but you, you will not regret it. It's, it was life-changing for all four of us in very different ways. My, my children are completely different people as a result of it, as are my husband and I. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, bravo. Well, thank you again for sharing so much. And um, yeah, I hope you have a great rest of your weekend. Thanks, Tiffany. You too. Thanks for joining our show today. If you believe that a sabbatical can be a force for good like I do and would like to hear more of episodes like this, please consider leaving us a review or subscribing to our podcast. And if you yourself are considering taking a sabbatical and would like to have support or additional information, please visit the restcooperative.com. Thank you, friends.